Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Eric Panecki. I'm David Choi. And I'm John Labretti. And welcome to the Deals and Dollars podcast. The three of us are real estate executives in the New York City metro area. Every week, we bring on the best real estate investors and entrepreneurs we know to talk about how they made it in the business, how they source their deals, and most importantly, how they make their dollars. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. All right, let's get into it. Let's ride! King Kong, you know, you meet a lot of celebrities, like real estate influencers, and part of some of the mastermind groups, we get to meet them. And you're just such a, like, you're this magnanimous human being on Instagram, on TikTok. And then when I met you in person for the first time, you were the exact same human being, right? You're the, <laughs> anyone who meets you in person knows that you keep it real everywhere you go. You're humble. You're willing to share. You're willing to give. And man, you got, you got a great heart. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and just drop some gold for the people here uh, that are listening. Bro, David, man, I want to say thank you so much for the kind word, man. I really, truly appreciate it. And I remember hearing you screaming, dude. Dude. Dude, I felt, <laughs> dude, I felt more honor to meet you than I'm sure it is for you to meet me, me, man. Because to me, that means so much, man. For for someone to know you and like your stuff and have these kind of the same mindset and and things that you are, man, dude. I appreciate you so much, bro. Thank you, dude. I obviously I know mm-hmm. your background, man. I've been following you on Instagram for like wow. six years. You started in the shed. You started in the factory, man. You you did you did you came from nothing, like first generation, like. Just tell the people about your story, bro, because it's really sure, so man. Amazing. Hey, I appreciate it. So, for those of you who don't know, my name is Kong, also known as King Kong. Actually, people used to make fun of me of that name when I was in high school. I was very upset and didn't like it, but you know what? Now I embrace it, and then now it became one of my big multi-million-dollar uh, personal brand. So, anyways, I was born and raised in Vietnam. Um, Vietnam grew up in a mutt hut. All right, I came to America at the age of nine. Drop out of high school when I was 17. Just knew that school wasn't for me. Met my wife at the age of 18. And we moved into this little shed behind a mobile home park. And we stayed there for five years. Lived there from the age of 18 all the way until we were 23. At that time, you know, 18, dropping out of high school. I was stressed. I was struggling financially. I was trying to, like, Ron and I was trying to figure out our life of what we're going to do. Right. We just know that we didn't want to work until we're 65. And I start out, you know, working in a factory, making eight dollars and fifty cents an hour. Worked there for eight years. Anyways, I discovered real estate when I was 27. Started out fix and flip. Didn't know anything about real estate. And I remember, you know, telling Lon's brother, hey, we're going to jump into real estate. Well, he got burned back in 2008, 2009 when the real estate market crashed. So he was really scared, really worried for us. And we said, you know what? We got mentorship, coaching and things like that. So we're good. When he heard us wanting to get into real estate, knowing that we know nothing about real estate, I didn't know what houses price are going for in my area. But you know what? We went ahead and uh, we jumped in, went to some seminars, hire a coach, a mentor anyways. And then I did that for about a couple of years. I tap out, almost lost everything because I over leveraged. I was trying to chew too much at the same time I was learning. I didn't know anything about construction background, hiring a team and this and that. And I was trying to do too many projects at the same time, but I was also learning at the same time as well. One of the tips that I could give to those of you who are starting out who wants to get into fix and flip, it's, it, it's to slow down. Slow and steady 
will win the race. Just slow and steady. Don't try to compete with other investors or, or people out there. Just just focus on your own journey. Go at your own pace, uh, and you will eventually get there as well. But anyways, man, became a millionaire when I was 32. Um, discover wholesaling. We jump into wholesaling, and that's what really saved my entire business and career because I was tapped out with fix and flip. Wow. Uh, and some investor in my local area said, hey, Kong, you know what, man? You're so good at finding deals, dude. Why don't you try wholesaling? And I heard about wholesaling, but I, I didn't do the wholesaling game, man, because I was like, you know, man, why make five to 10 Gs when you can make 30, 50 to 60 Gs a pop, you know? But I didn't know that with, yeah. with the whole fix and flip, man, all the headaches and all the drama and prima donna that come with it, dealing with the city, the contractor, the inspector, you know. <laughs> so there's much more risk involved for those of you who wants to get into the fix and flip game. So anyways, man, I did my first wholesale deal, right? Fa found a piece of property on expired listing, called the seller up, talked to her about three times, met her at McDonald's, signed the contract, dude. And then within the next day, found the buyer, sold the contract, assigned it for $28,000. We closed in seven days, dude. I never looked back, went all into wholesaling. I said, hey, if I can make $28,000 in seven days or 15 days, whatever it is, with no risk, right? No risk, no money. I don't have to buy or fix the property up. I said, dude, this is a game that I want to play. So I shut down my fix and flip operations. I continue to wholesale, take the wholesale money to fund my fix and flip to, to finish whatever it is that I got left over, man. And to now we're building a team, um, seven VAs, which is virtual assistant. All of my VAs are from the Philippines. We do have one that's in the U.S. She kind of managed the whole entire VAs for lawn. So the wife, the one who helps, who does everything in the background. But we got all the VAs from filtering, qualifying the leads, putting the property under contract, and to selling the deal as well. So we got a system and team in place now where it doesn't wow. require me to work in the business like I used to. That's the story, bro. Wow. I remember like we got we were at Korean barbecue and you were just telling me about your revenue numbers, right? Yeah. What you're making on your brand, yeah. your personal brand, what you're making on your wholesale business. And all along the way, like you kept dropping this like one thing, like my margins, right? Like you could make a million dollars a month, but man, if you're if your operating expenses are very high, like night you're you make a hundred grand, it's nothing to you. You're just working your ass off to make a couple bucks. But Bro, you got a team of seven VAs, one person in-house. You're doing as many deals as some of the biggest, baddest wholesalers, investors in the country on lean, lean operating market, right? So you're every pretty much every dollar. I mean, what operating margin are you running at for your wholesale? Yeah, man. Business? So I think last year, man, we're cranking about, man, probably right around 165, uh, 165 a month. Yeah. Wow. So 165 a month. Jeez. And, uh, you know, so Lon and I, our whole model, and I think, you know, with CG, being in CG and everybody talks about profit, right? It's not about the gross yeah. amount. It's what you take home and put in your pocket. That's what matters. Dude, I don't want to wake up and knowing that, man, this month my overhead's going to be $100,000, like, you know? So we try to just run a lean, small business. I don't want 50 employees. I want to be able to, like, David call me and say, hey, Kong, let's go do the Caribbean. And I'll be like, let's go, baby. Right. Like I want to have no <laughs> attachment. I don't I don't want to go to an office space or report to anybody. And I can say, David, let's rock right. and roll. I say we spent about like 40, maybe 35, 40,000 on employee marketing and all that, bro. Yeah. Wow. Woo. That's some yeah. steep margins and consistent. Consistent, bro. My payroll is more than that. You know, <laughs> Damn. I swear my payroll. Yes. 
I'm making more revenue, but there's months, man. My margins are looking mm. dismal, right? I got commissions. I got salary. I got payroll. When I see what you're doing, I'm like, holy crap, this is freaking beautiful, right? A lean, mean money machine. That that's you got you got deals pumping every single day. Thank it's you, bro. Awesome, Dan, and the thing is, I want those of you to understand this is that don't ever chase number of deals. Like when I first got into it, you know, you're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and you see people doing 20 deals, 30 deals, 40 deals. Like I don't do that many deals a month. We do roughly about eight deals, but our average deals is about 20 to 25,000 a piece. So don't focus on the number of deals. Wow. Focus on the profit. Chase the profit, man. Chase, chase, like chase the spread of the deal. Like why do 20 deals yeah. a month making 5K a pop? Because you got to wow. understand more deals, more paperwork, more people that you got to get on the team to run the whole entire thing. Why don't you just focus on increasing your profit margin on the deal, do less deal, less stress, less headaches, more profit, man. And David, dude, you think my wholesaling business is lean? Bro, the social media, like, dude, the social media is lean, bro. Dude, my social media is super lean, bro. You're a freaking animal, man. I love you. You're good. So you got... I want to go sure. into social media, but I want to dig a little bit into what sure. your team looks like on sure. the wholesale side. So you got seven yep. VAs, one person in yep. in the U.S. I met her, right? Angie is yeah. Um, Angie? Now Angie's taking over the role of managing the social media VAs. So Robin, Ro okay. Robin steps in. So Robin's in the U.S. She steps in and she runs the whole entire uh, look, the whole entire team for our wholesaling business. Got it. Got it. So. You got a team, you got a lead, you yep. got a lead gen team, right? Yep. You're doing the cold calling, you're doing the texting, you're doing direct you mail. You know what, man? We used to do a lot of direct mail, man. Um, but we have decreased direct mail. Now we're doing more of text blast and a cold calling. Got it. How big's your your cold call? Dude, man, I think uh, you know, we only have so the wife's the one that runs all the back end, so whatever I give you is probably just gonna be a guess. I know that we got probably three VAs that filter and qualify the leads. So whether they're taking incoming call or they're making outbound call. So they filter, qualify the leads once the lead is qualified. And when I mean by qualify, it doesn't mean that they're like, hey, you know what? I'm in distress and I need to sell now. So, it, so I mean, no we would love those kind of leads, but it doesn't have to be that. It's just them raising their hand and say, hey, you know what? Our VA would call and say, hey, you know just want to know if you have a house or property that you're interested in selling or getting a free, no risk, no obligation cash offer. And if David say, yeah, that sounds good. So the VA will go through some questionnaire that we have for them, right? And once they say that they just want to get an offer, whether on that call, David said, hey, the property's worth 100000 I want 100000 for it. It doesn't matter. As long as they say they want to get an offer, that lead will get pushed over to my purchase manager. So my purchase manager is, so we got three there. We got two purchase manager. So the purchase manager will call back. Right. And then they will either now make an offer, lock the property up under contract. If the seller is saying, hey, offer don't work. If the price is very close. I mean, so if we're talking about if it's a, um, a 30 or $40,000 spread where we can't meet. So that purchase manager will continue to put that uh, that property, right, that seller in the follow up. So they will continue to follow up with that oh. seller. That same purchase manager that talked to that seller will continue to follow up. And the one that doesn't, the one that said, hey, David said, hey, I want 100000 Talk to the purchase manager. Purchase manager said, hey, dude, the seller wants 90000 So the seller only drops 10000 and we have to get the seller under contract for, let's just say, 40000 Well, this lead is not, we consider this is a, not, this is kind of a cold 
worm lead. So we we push it back to the VA, which is the one that filter and qualify the lead with the seller. So that way there's not so much stuff on um, the purchase manager task. So we push that cold worm lead all the way back so that way that VA will continue to follow up with that seller until that seller mm. is willing to come down on, off the 90. So let's just say we push David back to the lead manager. The lead manager will follow up with David like a month later and say, hey, what do you think about our offer at $90,000? Has there been any changes? And David's like, yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about it. Maybe, not, you know, I would consider something less than 90. Boom, right? And now it gets pushed back to the purchase manager again and the whole thing just go again. Now let's say that, correct. Boom. Now, let's say that on, on the purchase manager call and David and, and the purchase manager was able to come to an agreement on the price, then that would get pushed over to my transaction coordinator. So the transaction coordinator, write up the contract, send it to the title company, get it signed, coordinates with the sellers, the buyer to, to do the showing, to get picture of the property and deal with the title company and to get that thing move forward to closing. And that's pretty much it, I think. So we just have three piece. Yeah. To our system, lead manager, purchase manager, and transaction coordinator. That's it. No one's selling the deal. Who the, sells the deal? The transaction coordinator. Wow, she does it all. The transaction coordinator will reach out to the seller, will get pictures, all right? And then they will also talk to the buyers to set up showing. Wow, everything. So the thing with us, David, like we don't have that many transactions happen a month, right? So it's because we're not focused on doing volumes of deals. For us, it's like, hey, we just want to get profitable, Spread, a bigger spread, less deal. You got a machine, man. It's beautiful. So, so the thing is, to everyone that's listening, I want you guys to all understand that we don't have a perfect system, a perfect team in place. So don't get me wrong. You know, we continue to, that's why we go to CG. We continue to learn from other people like David and other people that are just pumping out big numbers with having, you know, have good team and a good system in place. We have VAs that quit on us that we have to rehire, retrain which takes the most amount of, you know, the time and costs you a lot of money when you have to retrain yeah. somebody. So if you ever find exactly. a good employee, you want to make sure you put a golden handcuff on them so you can pay them more to keep them stay better than rehire and retraining. It's just costing you way more. 100%. 100%. You got to take care of the people. That Absolutely. Make For you, with a team of seven people, to be closing eight to ten deals a month VAs, yeah, VAs. man VAs yep. in the Philippines right that's not easy oh. to build bro I still get mad DMs like that's why like I'm scared to yeah. post on Instagram right now because every time I post something it's like 16 DMs now I got 15 phone calls I gotta I gotta deal with 15 messages I gotta get back to every yeah. it's too much right and so I, I try my best, bro. I'm not like you getting two, 300 DMs a day, right? I get 10, 15 if I post, so I'll take the time. You got to understand that people times are valuable, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, I, I think, dude, like people don't, people don't understand that, you know, reaching out and asking, oh, dude, can you help me this? Can you help me? Dude, but everybody does that, right? Everybody does yeah. that. What you need to do is you need to reach out by adding a value. Hey, David, I saw you were doing this, man. I think I can help you make it better. Dude, I think I can make – but, yeah, dude, yeah. not just – don't just talk about it. Most people just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Dude, do it. So listen. So, David, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hired AIM. AIM is my videographer, and now she's on to being my NFT project manager that we're going to launch in April. Wow. Bro, she reached out to me. Instead of saying, hey, Kong, I think I can make your post, dude, like way better, like Gary V. Instead of saying that, dude, she sent me like a bunch of sample, 
right? So she watched wow. my content. She understand my content. You guys, this is key. She understand my content. She watch my content. Like you got to put in the time. You got to put in the work. If you starting out from the bottom, you got no money. You got time, baby. People that made it, dude, they got the money. They don't have the time for you. So if you want to get in, so aim, dude. So David, aim. What she did is she sent me a bunch of videos. She said, Carl, this is for you for free. I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. That's it. She didn't say anything. You guys got to understand this, all right? This is the real world. Nobody will do something to you for free. Everybody do something because they have an intention. There is a motive. There is an intention. Nothing is done for free. Like, I don't know how you guys don't understand this. People put out content on social media. It's free content, but the motive, the motive is to build a following. A motive is to get followers and eventually, hopefully, to turn those followers into a client, into a partnership deal, Mm -hmm. into a business partner, right? But, dude, it's not free. Dude, everything is done with an intention, with a motive. Nobody do something to you or give you for free. Trust me. That's important for everyone to know, man. Come with value. Go to networking events, right? And even you, right? I talked to you. I said, bro, you can't Kong, You're the man, right? Like, I'm just a little guy. But what can I do to add value to you, right? That's, I, I left that conversation. I said, what can I do to add value to you today? You know, what, what are you struggling? What, what can I help with? And that's, you got to start with that, man. Mm. Value, value, value. Oh, man. Kong, I love you, brother. We could go on for 16 <laughs> yeah. hours straight. I want to kind of dig into, this is a real sure. estate podcast. You started, you made your first millions yep. in real estate. Right. I want you to show off a little bit, brother. Okay. I know you've probably done hundreds of hundreds of deals, right? But what is the best deal you've ever done? Dude, the biggest deal that I ever done, man, and it was one of the easiest one. I think we made, gosh, man, I think we made two hundred and something thousand on it. Yeah. On one on one single wholesale deal. So this actually came from our text blast. The seller's daughter calls in. Her uh, her mom just passed away. Her dad is now in the nursing home. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the house. It obviously brings him bad memories because his wife passed away in the house. I understand. So the daughter Mm -hmm. calls in. Mm -hmm. The daughter's like, hey, my dad wants $153,000 for the property. She's like, that's what my dad wants. He gets it. He sell. He don't don't get it. He ain't going to sell. Bro, I said $153,000. No way. Wait. I said, why don't you call her back and ask if there's any taxes and lien on there? She said, hey, Kong, I already talked to her. She said, it's free and clear. I said, double check. Because, dude, just off my head, that thing will go for 400000 So, anyways, wow. it was, it been a while, so I don't remember the numbers. But that's my biggest deal, and it was very easy. We found the buyer within, like, two days, closed it within, like, 15 days, made, I think, 212000 on that one deal, man. Holy yeah, that, that was the biggest deal. It's always the biggest spreads that are the easiest to close. Yeah, because the, if, the, if the margins yeah. are tight, man, it's hard. You're like, you're just trying to squeeze every dollar you can, both sides, and it's just so stressful for like two bucks, right? (laughs) Wow, that's amazing, bro. That's what I realized. I like, I looked at my, the amount of money I made last year, right? And I found that like 40% of my income came from like 2% of my deals. Like it was like Mm. two deals that made most of my money. So David, are you doing mostly fix and flip or are you just getting into buying Wholesale. wholesale. Okay. Yeah. Wholesale. I mostly okay. wholesale. I hate fix and flip, bro. It's like you said. Like, you do it, bro. It, it's the contractors could ruin it. The cities could ruin it. You got to get permits. It goes over budget. The, the buyer comes in. They say, the inspector says this, this, this. Bro, you end up, it's just too much stress, not enough return, right? Like, I can make almost yep. the same margin on a wholesale than I can do on yep. a fix and flip. 
with no yep. risk. People just overthinking, man. I mean, you watch all the HGTV and other people, and you think the whole fix and flip is sexy. I used to think the same thing, dude. I, I used to think the whole fix and flip is so sexy. But let me tell you, dude, there's nothing sexy about waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning, getting a phone call from your contractor, and saying and meeting up Home Depot. And, dude, like, I've tried the sub, subbing it out myself. I try to get general contractor. I, dude, I try. And I'm telling you, dude, it's yeah. just headaches on top of headaches. <laughs> so when we got into wholesaling, and I know some of you that watch this will disagree. Now, I'm saying not everybody, right, can't build a business or a fix and flip system business in place, but it's rare. I It's extremely rare to find someone that has the system and the team in place where they barely work any hours on their fix and flip business. Most people that I talk to, dude, they're working in their fix and flip business, not on. Which means they're running the whole entire yeah. show. Without them, everything go haywire. It's a hard business to build. Very, Dude, very, very difficult. It is extremely hard, and it is also extremely hard to scale that business versus wholesaling. Wholesaling, man, you can go virtual. Yeah. You can sit like, once again, when I first when I first started out in real estate, man, I wish I would have heard this, right, with people talking about the whole thing, man. But, you know, with the whole wholesaling, you can literally, all you need your phone is internet. You can literally, you can be a one-man, one-woman show. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that, hey, call, like, you don't want to have employee. You don't want to have a team. It's okay. Maybe you only want to make 10000 or 20000 a month. Dude, that's one deal a month. That's it. Yeah. One deal a month, dude. That's it, bro. Put, put in on. one or two hours a day, all right? And you can sit in Cabo and do this, <laughs> right? Pull a list, skip, trace, cold call, Seriously? pound the phone, and done. Do one deal. Just yeah. one deal a month. It's so crazy, man. Once you know, it's, it's over. over. It's just over, you know? It just takes that, like, mm. upfront work and that, Yep. That belief, because, bro, like, the I'm sure your first deal was, like, a freaking nightmare, oh. man. Like, first two years, yep. nightmares, right? Like, it was like, how do I even get a deal? Like, Correct. you're sending out mailers, you're trying to close deals. And I remember my first year, it took me, like, six months to get mm, my first same. deal. But then after that, after that, I was like, yo, yeah. I figured it out. I yeah. could do this now. Like, I know how to close a deal. David, so let me ask you this, man. So what was the biggest uh, struggle for you starting out? That took you so long to get that first deal, man. It was trying to do mm. too much at once. I was trying to do, I was just trying to keep the lights on. So I was doing hard money mm. loans. I was like trying to broker debt just to, just to make a dollar, right. just to pay my bills. And then I, would, then I would go cold calling like mm. three hours a day. And then I would spend the weekends cutting up mail. And then I would spend two hours going door knocking. So it was just like scattered mm. focus on right. making money. If I had started all over again, it would just be simple. Buy the data. Skip trace the data. Text them. Call what? Make hire yep. one cold caller. Yep. Cold call. Bring me some leads. I'll close those leads uh, every day, Sony. all day, yeah. every single moment. Bring that lead, y'all. I'm closing. You know. <laughs> I gotta ask you, brother. What What's the best piece of advice you got early on that you share with with your students and and people that you know that are getting right. started? So I mean, if we're talking about just life in general, if we're talking about just life in general. Mm -hmm. Number one is you got to get your priorities straight. And I think a lot of people don't have their priorities straight, right? Maybe you're 18, you're in your 18, 19, 20s or so. You're chasing the girls, the boys. You're out partying, clubbing, drinking, having fun. Dude, if you would have got your priorities straight and focused on building a career first, I promise you, your 30s, your 40s look like, dude, you'll be laying on the beach, right? <laughs> but you, yeah. So you got to get your priorities yeah. straight. Know what's important. 
You can have all the yeah. fun later. And you think 30s old, dude. Dude, I'm 30 something, man. I feel like I'm freaking 20 some, man. I'm ready, you know? <laughs> I was in 30s old. Okay? Because listen, if you yeah. if you don't have your priorities straight, if you mess up your 20s, dude, you're going to spend your 30s trying to repair your 20. And then you're going to now your 40s, mm. dude, you still got to hustle and grind. And then if you get a figure out, right? 50 is when you probably get a, an easy life. But, you know, and yeah. then not number two, dude, once you get your priorities straight, number two is you got to get your money straight. You got to delay the instant gratification. <laughs> Too many people want the thing wow. now. I want the Rory now. I want the Lambo now. Yeah. I want the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton, the Burberry, right? <laughs> the blueberry, the strawberry. Like, dude, you guys want everything the easy. You guys want it now. And that's why you live paycheck to paycheck because now you got no money left to invest. So once now, listen, you got your priority yeah. right. You got your money straight. Third thing, mm. you invest your money, right? Put into real estate, buy passive incomes. Once the passive incomes comes in, where you have enough passive income, then my friend, you can go party and do whatever the heck that you want. But if we're talking about real right. estate in general to start all over, what took me so long to get my first deal, David, is because I didn't know how to talk and negotiate. And that's why I tell people all the time, mm. man, if you have sales skills, dude, you will kill like, if you have sales, sales skills, man, you should be an entrepreneur. You should build your own business. Or at least, you know, maybe if you don't want your own business, man, work for someone that appreciates your, your skill set. That allows you to freaking mm. grow. Because, man, if you, have a, yeah. if, you have, if you have sales skills, dude, that's what I was lack of. I, when I get on the phone, man, I didn't have a problem taking action, David. I took massive action. I call hundreds of people a day. I call, I call, I call. But I couldn't close them on the phone. Or even if I go meet them, I don't know how to close them. And that's what took me so long uh, to, to, to get my first deal. So if you're in sales, I'm telling you, like, you will crush real estate. You will crush it. I freaking love that, man. So first, like, figure out your career, right? You Focus get on your, your career. Straight. Get your yep. money straight, right? Get your money right. Invest your money, right? I, dude, I couldn't agree with you more, bro. Right now, I'm 27 years old. I turned 27 yep. February 10th, right? I started about four years ago in business, bro. The last two years, I finally started making money. It was like, first, it was like invest, reinvest, reinvest, Correct. back into the business, back into hiring people, right. back into marketing, right? And now I'm like, damn, it's starting to pay. It's starting yep. to pay me. Finally starting to feel like I yep. could breathe. And like right now, I got plenty of cash. I could go out. I could yep. buy a Lambo, right? Cash, right? I could go out. Buy, I could go like live in yep. the nice area, whatever, right? And I'm like, bro. I won't even look at, I was thinking about getting out at least $2,600 a month, class A, one bedroom, pool, yeah. jacuzzi, gym, all that. I was like, shit. I don't even want to spend that. I said, forget about it. I'm not even doing it, bro. I'd rather yep. live like humble. Forget the Roly, forget the Burberry, <laughs> the Strawberry, the Louis, the Batuni, you know? Forget about all that. I don't want it. I want passive income. So yep. I'm taking all my cash, every dollar I have. I said, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, because... I want that cash flow. If the world crumbles, I want my cash flow. Take care of my mom. Yep. Take care of my dad. Take care of my, my living expenses. I would prefer that in the safety of then go out and be yeah. a big baller. I don't need all that. <laughs> David, listen. Now, you guys, Instagram and social media. Let me tell you what the actual real world is like. When you see someone like, getting into business, they start making some money and they start to flash. Let me tell you something. They're just as broke as you are. They're just as broke as they're, they're working at a regular J-O-B. Yes, millionaires can be broke. <laughs> millionaires making millions of dollars a year can be living paycheck to paycheck. 
Because I'm telling you, the real world, what you see on social media is not the same. Entrepreneurs that are successful mean that they actually have the money to show. Dude, when they start to build their business, bro, they're still broke. Like they live broke. They dress broke. Because every single dollar they get mm. is going back into reinvesting. And then when you see them having yeah. all the Ferrari, the Lambo, dude, it means that they are really, really already made it. But they will tell you it took them years. So oh, yeah. not the one that you see on social media that blow up and said, oh, yeah, I built a million dollar business and look at me now, dude. I'm telling you, they're broke. They're flashing yeah. the diamonds and all that, dude. They're broke. Because you got to understand the true one, dude, you have to reinvest back into yourself, education, and back into your business. Bro, you're so right, man. Right now, I saw you on Instagram playing. Come on, show off a little bit. Come on, play. You 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 just got a a Ferrari? Yeah, David. I mean, like, dude, I was just like you. Three years, four years ago, I could have went and bought the Ferrari. Same thing. Cash, straight out. Yeah. But guess what, bro? Delay instant gratification. So I settled for something a little bit less, right? I went with an AMG instead. Because to me, <laughs> because to me, man, what makes sense is if you wanted, if you would decide to buy a supercar or a nice car, at least a, yeah. a hundred thousand dollar or more. My question to you is: Are yeah. you making a hundred thousand a month? If you so, let's say if you want to go and drop a hundred thousand on a car, you need to show me that you can make a hundred thousand a month. Then you can go buy a car. But people yeah. that you know, make 60000 a year. Go buy a $100,000 AMG. Are you stupid? Like, dude, are you not understand? <sighs> dude, you bought a car that's $100,000 <laughs> that is worth more than one entire year of your income. Crazy. Dude, You're that's crazy. not smart. So You're for insane. me, to, to for the Ferrari to make sense, I need to be in a position where I can make 300 and something thousand a month. And then when I got there, that's when I know it's the right time to go get it. But but I operate, yeah. my wife and I, we operate like that, dude, through our whole entire life. And that's how we're able to Amazing. become financially free, right? And yeah. people just don't understand what you want to do is that you don't want to increase your living expense while you increase your income. So here's how you need to think of this. If you can live off of 10 to 15% of your income. And let me tell you, if you can live off of 10 to 15% of your income and just focus on increasing your income, which means you maintain the 10 to 15%, but you just increase your income. And when you increase your income, that 15 to 10 to 15% that you can spend a month will also get increased. Now, let me explain what I mean. So let's say if you want to spend 100,000 a month, no problem, but show me you can make a million a month. That's it. So you yeah. can spend a hundred thousand yeah. a month buying whatever you want, whatever it is. Like I, I don't care. Wow. But show me you can make a million a month, my friend. If you can, ex- if you can wow. adapt that mindset, you will never struggle. Like you will never have to struggle for money. I don't care if you work at a job making eight dollar and fifty cents an hour. My, I start out making eight dollar and fifty cents an hour. After like a year or two, dude. My wife and I, we weren't financially struggling. Like, we weren't living paycheck to paycheck because we lived below our means. Dude, my, our monthly budget was $50 a month on ourselves. So, which means we get to go out to go eat, go see a movie, or wow. go out to a restaurant and eat. That's why we go to Asian restaurant. We go to eat pho, right? Lon and I, we eat a bowl of pho, dude. Our dinner is $20. So, that's why when I go to, like, these meetup events... Dude, I got to drop like $100 on a on a dinner. I said, damn, dude. dude I'm like, damn, damn player. Dude, I'm like, damn, player. Dude, that's 100 bucks. And dude, I see people making minimum wage going out to dinner that costs a couple hundred dollars. No, no, no wonder why you're broke. No wonder why you're living paycheck to paycheck. I want to just leave on one, sure. more, one more thing, right? I got this one guy 
I went to college yeah. with this girl, and I had joined yep. the podcast for one, one of my friends, right? And I was just telling about my journey, how I got started, what we're doing now. And in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, it got around. So people in, in the area seen that podcast, right? And so this guy goes to her house. He doesn't even know this girl's my friend mm. from college. And she's showing the, my, my podcast video to her and her husband, like, Dan, this guy's doing, this is what I want to do. And she's like, no way, that's David Chambers now, bro. Let me make an introduction. No, come on, not even close, bro. Maybe not even close. But she's happy. Mm. She reaches out to me and makes the introduction, right? And this guy, he's taking action, man. He's sending out the mailers. He's doing the cold calling. He said, he said I'm spending so many hours, bro. I spent 100 hours reading and listening and trying to figure. But I'm, that's his struggle, bro. He's, he's mm. a first gen, got an accent. His English mm. is not that good, right? So, like, he's trying, bro. But his skill, his negotiation mm. skill, that's what I'm sure that's yep. what you struggle with, right? Getting that yep. sale, getting that negotiation up. What can I tell this guy? Like, I want to help him. What can I, what can, what can bro, we do? Bro, I mean, him? listen, David. If you don't have time, obviously you don't, or someone to actually help him with how to negotiate, dude, the best thing is, hey, he can check out my YouTube channel. Um, I do a cold call role play every single Friday, or he can join my Discord channel, man. We do it completely for free. So if he wa- if he's willing to wow. watch enough of those cold call role play, he can put together his own script. Because you got to understand, it's not the question. It's how do you ask the question to get the answer that you want. When I used to talk to seller, I used to say, oh, so how much do you owe in your house? And most people get offended or they get they don't want to share that with you because to them it's personal. Right. So they don't want to share. But when you reframe that and you said, hey, David, so if you know how to reframe that kind of questions. Right. So you would say, is there a mortgage that we need to, to pay off? So I would say, hey, David, is there a mortgage on the property that we would need to pay off? So now, David, now the seller will be like, oh, we now they think that you have to pay it off. So what? Guess what? It triggers something, so they have to give you the number. So when you actually just change right. a couple of things and know how to negotiate, negotiating is not, hey, David, is that the best you can do? Hey, David, um, is that the lowest you can go? Dude, that's not negotiating. Negotiating is by saying something like this. So let's just say I, I asked, I want David to drop the price. I say, David, so, you know, knowing that we are going to buy your property in an asset condition, which means we're going to take care of all the repairs, all the work. You don't need to do anything to the property. When you do vacate the property, you take whatever you want, whatever you don't want, you can leave it behind, and we, our team, will deal with it. So with that being said, David, could you go a little bit, just a little bit lower? <laughs> can you go a little <laughs> bit lower for me, right? So that's how you negotiate. Negotiate by not just saying, can you go lower, but yeah. providing them with the information, right, why they should drop their price. So negotiating is not about asking people, but you need to have a reason why they need to drop the price for you. And once you can be able to say things like that, dude, people will drop the price like it's hot if they are in a situation where they need to sell the property. Mm-hmm. King Kong, wholesale to millions, baby. Dude, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. This is this was a great podcast. I'm sure everyone listening is going to get a ton of value. If the people want to find you, where can they reach you? Sure. So you can check me out. Um, you can check me out on YouTube. It's wholesale to millions. Instagram, TikTok, Twitters. I just uh, launched my Twitter account. I never thought I would. But nice. you can find me at, at Real King Kong. Dude, you're a legend, brother. I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's get this money. Let's get this money. I appreciate you, brother. I'll see you soon. Thanks again. All right, everybody. That's our show. If you like what you heard, do us a huge favor and give us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, maybe even tell a friend. Word of mouth helps a lot. 
If you're interested in being on the show or getting exclusive invites to our Deals and Dollars networking events, you can fill out a form at dealsanddollars.com. That's deals, the letter N, dollars.com. Your hosts were David Choi, Eric Panecki, and John Labretti. The podcast was produced by me, Joshua Perna, with additional editing by Jonas DeHuse and Erwin Castillo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.